Okay, the song I picked out, uh, well, there's uh, a lot of songs that have already been covered, but uh, we're going to look at uh, 454, Let the Beauty of Jesus Be Seen, is the title. I think I'll let the beauty, let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me, uh, because that's kind of the emphasis, is, is letting Christ live within us as we seek to serve him as we go through life's uneven journeys. All right, let's look at that first verse. It says, let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. So we're singing, and we're singing an exhortation to ourselves and admonishing one another to let this beauty of Christ be seen in me. All his wonderful passion and purity. May his spirit divine, all my being refined, let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. Well, you're not going to find that exact phraseology in the scriptures, but you're going to find that concept abundantly found in the scriptures. For instance, in the book of Galatians chapter 2, in the book of Galatians chapter 2 there, and down in number 20, Paul says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Paul said that he was crucified so Christ could live in him. And when we sing this song, let the beauty of Jesus be seen to me, what we're talking about is let Christ live within our heart. And the beauty of the attributes of Christ, because when we look at the beauty of the attributes of Christ, it certainly wasn't his physical appearance. Isaiah 53 says it wasn't something that we would look and say, oh, you know, there's some people that are so good looking in the world and it's like people just fall over themselves, fall all, fall all over themselves when they see them. They're like a heartthrob. But Jesus wasn't that physically, but he was beautiful on the inside. His person, his character of who he was. And the thought of the song is, may the character of Jesus Christ and the beauty of holiness. Psalm 29 talks about, uses that phraseology, the beauty of holiness. Let that be in our hearts and lives. And so Paul talks about that he crucified himself, that is, that is his ego, that Christ may live within him and have first place. Notice there in the book of Galatians chapter 4, Paul makes this statement. He says, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. When people are converted... Okay, they obey the gospel, they see the need to become a Christian, they obey those initial steps, but then there's always that, mm, are they going to take a hold, are they going to grow, are they going to, are they going to survive spiritually, is Christ going to develop in their hearts and lives? It's always exciting to see people being baptized, but Paul, he kind of felt this groaning and within himself, hoping that when people obey the gospel, that they're going to develop. And Christ will form in them. That is all his passion and purity. That is all the beauty of Christ would uh, develop in their hearts and lives. Paul in the book of Colossians chapter 3 also talks about this concept. In Colossians chapter 3, I've got only verse 10, but I want to read verse 9 in connection uh, with verse 10. It says, Lie not one to another, seeing you have put off the old man with his deeds... And I put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So when we obey the gospel, we put off the old man. Now, he's ugly, he's selfish, he's self-centered, 
and does a lot of bad things that are just ugly, behavior that's ugly, bad attitudes, etc. So we get rid of that old man, and then Paul says, well, we put on this new man, which is created in the image of Jesus Christ. And that's the thought of verse 1, to let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. That all the wonderful characteristics of Christ Jesus, that it may develop, and it comes through the knowledge of Him. You can't be thinking like Christ, you can't be acting like Christ, you can't make decisions like Christ unless you know about Christ, unless you know about His will. And that brings us down here to verse 16. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts unto the Lord. And so when it's the Holy Spirit, may His Spirit divine all not be refined. That is the Holy Spirit, He works in their lives. Well, how so? It's not in some uh, still small voice and we never read the Bible and we just, oh, the Holy Spirit's speaking to me and He's telling me this and He's telling me that. No. The Holy Spirit will work in our hearts when we get involved in His Word. That's, that was one of the emphasis of our study this morning about growing. Is that we've got to let the Holy Spirit grow in us by studying, by reading, and letting the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. Not just a little bit, not just a little sprinkling, not a smattering. We don't need just a smattering of the Word of God. We need the Word of God to richly dwell in us. That it might mold and shape our knowledge and therefore affect our decisions, our attitudes, the choices that we make, the priorities that we set. And that the beauty of Jesus may be seen in us. You think about the beauty of Jesus. What's so beautiful about Jesus? The beauty of holiness. His zeal for what is right. His dedication to God, His humility, His gentleness. Think about John chapter 8. When they come dragging that woman in there before Jesus, the woman taken in adultery. And that was certainly not the issue at all, that woman. It was not about her and her sin. It was not about, about a respect for the law. They were just trying to get Jesus. And they just picked on her and just took advantage of her and come dragging her in before all that crowd and trying to make a spectacle of her to make Jesus look bad. And the gentle way that Jesus dealt with her. Jesus' love and compassion. Jesus, a helper, ready to help us in every way. The faithfulness of Jesus. The dependability of Jesus. That is such a wonderful quality. You know, when you have a friend who is dependable, you know, I can always count on them. And you just name that good friend you have. That they're going to be there to talk and they'll be there to give you advice. They'll be to help. I mean, it's just so valuable. A faithful, dependable. Jesus is a faithful, dependable. It's not like, yeah, you know, I was going to pray to Jesus and pray to God. And, and Well, you know, Jesus, He was kind of busy and, and so God couldn't hear my prayers for a few days. That ever happened to you? No, never. Jesus, always dependable, ready, willing, ready to help us. His purity. And so when we sing the song, let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me, it's those kind of qualities that we need to develop. That as the master, so is the disciple. That we look at the master and we seek to be like the master. To be disciples. To be his learners. To be his followers. When you look at the word disciple, and to be a disciple of Christ, a disciple, first off, in the definition, is a pupil, a student. But it's not just merely learning information, but information that's going to have a practical application. It's like 
I, I was asking some kids the other day, I asked these boys down here, do you know how many counties are in the state of Kentucky? Counties. We live, we're in Plassey County, okay. Uh, Will, William, he lives down in Lincoln County. How many counties in the state of Kentucky? Anybody, any of the kids know? Well, this is a kid's question. Go ahead, don't be shy, do you know? Anybody, any of the kids know? How many counties in the state of Kentucky? All right, Tom, how many? All right, he, he signed it out, one, two, zero. All right, 120, 120. Well, okay, so we learned there are 120 counties in Kentucky. Whoa, now that might help you answer a question in, in uh, social studies. But how's that going to affect your life? Not really. Is it going to demand anything? Well, no. But when you learn the teaching of Jesus, the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the knowledge of His Word that's given to us by the Holy Spirit, well, now that's going to affect us. And it's going to demand some action and some choices. And hopefully, as the song talks about, let the, be- let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me, that all this may develop and work in our hearts and lives. All right, we come to the next verse. When somebody has been so unkind to you, some words spoken that pierces you through and through. Think how he was beguiled, spat upon and reviled. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in you. Now, persecution comes, trials come. We live in a world, an imperfect world. Sometimes people mistreat, sometimes intentionally. Sometimes they're just, they're just mean for the sake of being mean. They just like being mean. There's just people like that in the world. It's sad to say, but there are people that just plain, flat out be. And other times it's uh, more sporadic, but sometimes it happens. We, we just live in a world where sometimes we sort of bump shoulders, and sometimes it can even be among our, our own brethren, our own family. Sometimes maybe we feel grumpy, we talk short, we say something that's kind of cutting, not thinking, not, not trying to, uh, not thinking things through, and we just go off and say it, and we hurt. Well, the, the words of the song is that, well, we think, kind of, think about Jesus. Especially when we're persecuted for righteousness' sake. Well, you're trying to stand up for Jesus and Jesus' truth and people make fun, they make light. They, 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 they speak lightly of you. They speak down of you. Well, there's a, a great example in Jesus. And Peter talks about that. In 1 Peter chapter 2 here, in verses 18 and following... It says, servants, or slaves, it says, be subject to your masters with all fear. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. The harsh people that are just kind of mean and, and act cruel and talk bad, and uh, etc. For this is commendable if a man for conscience toward God endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if when you are buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently? Well, not much glory. I mean, if you're out stealing and, boy, you're just pushed up against the wall and they put handcuffs on you, well, or somebody tackles you for doing bad things, well, you sort of had that coming, no glory in that. But if doing good things and doing what's right, standing for the Lord, you take it patiently, well, okay. But if when you do well and suffer for it, <clears throat> he says, uh, and you take it patient, uh, patiently, this is commendable with God. For even to this were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. And that's what the song is saying in verse 2. 
I mean, people say things that are hurt, that are hurtful, they cut. I mean, they pierce. You know, it's kind of like the, the little saying when I was a kid. You know, sticks and stone may break my words, but words, but uh, words will never hurt me. Well, they're not going to break your skin. They're going to break a bone. But let me tell you, words can pierce and hurt, and they can hurt deeply. And so that's the thought of the song there. Some words spoken that pierces you through and through. Well, we think about Jesus. And that's how Peter reasons here in 1 Peter chapter 2. Well, think about the Lord, kind of all that he went through. And there he was in kangaroo court. And it was, it was never about justice when Jesus was there. Because the just thing, even Pilate, a, a Gentile, could see through the, the shenanigans that were going on. He knew that it was for envy they had delivered Jesus. The Bible reveals that. I mean, Pilate, he, you know, even, even just a Gentile, he, he could figure it out that it was all about jealousy and envy. It wasn't anything about justice. But you know, Jesus, he stood there and took all that. They spat upon him and spitting on him and smacking him. Well, okay, prophesy. And blah, 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 just kind of making fun and making light because they, they didn't believe. But he stood there and he took all that. He says, leaving us an example that we should follow in steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. I watched a video, this, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know the fellow, but he posted some video about forgiveness. It was really, I, I took the time to kind of just re, kind, kind of watch it, and it really was quite, quite interesting. It was talking about a lady in Rwanda uh, that, that had a lot of civil war several years ago, and she was cut with a machete and her tied up and thrown in the river, and her family was killed. But ultimately what happened, I mean, she survived. Her family died. But then, after the war, somehow she, she met the soldier. And she decided to practice forgiveness. Instead of harboring ill will and hatred and animosity, to practice forgiveness and pardon. And, uh, and these folks actually became friends. And that was kind of what Rigonda, uh did in general. And they're like, things are so much better. And just keep living in the past and living in the past and wanting to settle all the counts. And that's what happened in so many societies. And it was just a great story about forgiveness and not carrying grudges. And, and that's what we read here about Jesus. He serves as an example. You know, and if people do wrong, you know, they're ultimately going to have to answer for that. They're, going, they're the ones that are going to have to answer for that ultimately. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. I mean, that's the inclination. Somebody might, bam, slaps you in your face. You, you jump up and you're angry, bam, you want to slap him back. I mean, that's, that's the flesh talking. The Spirit tells us and calls upon us to live a higher, nobler type of mindset. When he suffered, he threatened not, but commit himself to him that judges righteously, who his, own, uh, who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live under righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. No doubt there have been people that have been influenced because Christians... Because they persecuted and all stand up and uh, fight back in an ugly way to suffer persecution like Jesus. Well, it is the beauty of Jesus being seen in the hearts of men and women. 
And then we come to the third verse of this song, Let the Beauty of Jesus Be Seen. And that is, From the dawn of morning till close of day, in example and deeds and all you say, lay your gifts at His feet, ever strive to keep sweet, let the beauty of Jesus be seen in you. What's the thought of this song, or this verse? Well, the thought of this verse is that we need to serve God every day, daily. In the book of Luke, chapter 9, and down in number 23, it says, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross, what? Daily. And follow me. Not weekly. Yeah, every Sunday, take up your cross every week. You know, once a week on Sunday, you, know, you take up your cross and you follow me. That's not what the text says. The text says daily. Which is to say, every day. Day in, day out. 24, 7. 24 hours, 7 days a week. Sometimes you see 24, 7, 365. 24 hours, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. That's the thought. That's, that's the import of the thought of the song and this passage. There in Acts chapter 17, in Acts chapter 17, it says there in verse 11, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and searched the Scriptures, what? Daily, not weekly. Daily, not, not weekly, like every Sunday. Okay, we're going to study the Scriptures every Sunday. That's, no, it says daily. Let's see whether these things were so. That's what a Christian's all about, serving God day by day. Not just something we do on Sunday. There are things we're appointed to do on Sunday. We've been doing them today and doing the right things. Hopefully we've been doing it in, in the right spirit. I know we've been doing the right things. I hope we've done them in, in spirit also because we're to worship in spirit and in truth. In spirit and, and, and in truth. Both are necessary. In Luke 6 and verse 46, Jesus says, Why well, call you me, Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say. And so, when we sing the words of that song, Let the beauty of Jesus be seen, in verse 3, from dawn of morning till close of day. Okay, we're going to serve Christ. We're going to let the beauty of Christ be seen in me. In example, in deeds, and all you say. I think Paul talked about that. Whatsoever you do in word, or in deed, do all in the name. That is, by the authority, by what Jesus would have us to do. Lay your gifts at His feet. Ever strive to be sweet. Those are the just wonderful thoughts in this song. And these are the biblical passages that where these thoughts come from. Of let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. You see, each of us have to make that individual decision. I can't make it for somebody else. Now, you can try to help people know about God. You can try to help people know about Christ. You can teach your children. You can try to uh, be an influence on your spouse. But ultimately, each one has to make that own, their own decision for the Lord. And so, let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. Only I can make that decision. And for you, only you can make that decision. Let Christ's beauty, beauty of holiness, and all His wonderful characteristics and qualities that we read about and study about, only you can make that decision to let these things work in your heart. To let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. To make those good choices by believing and obeying. Well, we're going to extend the invitation here momentarily with the question, have you made a decision to let Christ into your heart? You see, you have to let Him in. The imagery of Revelation chapter 3, Christ stands at the door and what? He stands at the door and knock. I mean, that's kind of the way 
It happens in life. Isn't it? I mean, you just don't go to people's houses and just come kicking in the door and barging in there. You know, you, you knock on the door and you wait for the invitation to come in. And Jesus, He's not going to come barging in your life and just kicking in the door and saying He's just going to take over. No! He's knocking. And He's wanting to come in. He wants to have fellowship. He wants to have uh, communion with us, to have this relationship. But we have to open the door of our heart and let Him in through belief and obedience. Steps of salvation are clearly revealed in the Scriptures. And that is, we are to hear this good news about Jesus, His death, burial, and resurrection. We say, yeah, that's it. Yeah, He's the Savior. And we're going to believe that. And we're going to trust in that. We're going to have confidence in that, that He's the Savior. And we're going to obey His command to repent. And that is, to get rid of that ugly man, because a life of sin is nothing but ugliness and selfishness and self-centeredness and just bad, 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 bad. And then we're willing to confess our faith before man and willing to obey His command to be baptized. Yeah, and you can do that even, even, uh, even this evening. Obey those simple steps to become a Christian. And then begin to let the beauty of Christ be seen in you. It all begins with the initial first step. And then, as a Christian, we're exhorted to just keep serving God and grow and be faithful. And if we do that, we've got a second little part. And that is, come back. Brothers and sisters, come back. Attitude not been what it be. Get your attitude adjusted and get back on the right track with God. We're going to sing this song of encouragement. If we can help in any way, we're always glad to help to help and to assist while together as we stand. Come and let us know.